The lumpy 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 And I'm Sarah Stark. And you are listening to The Lumpy Mother, the podcast where we show up for our kids by showing up for ourselves. We are not experts. We're just two best friends and moms who love learning and laughing together. I have two kids, a 10-month-old son and an almost three-year-old daughter. And I have four kids, an eight-year-old daughter and three sons who are seven, six, and almost two. So if you want to know, you are not the only parent who cuddles with the stuffed animals your toddler leaves in your bed like a weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) Then you've come to the right space. The way this works is each week, Natalie and I will have a yes, a no, and a hello for the week. Or in other words, something good, bad, and something random that has to do with what's on our minds after another week surviving parenthood. And Sarah and I have a feeling that you will all be able to relate to our experiences. But if you can't relate, if you can relate, if you just want to say hi, tell us about it. Email us at lumpymotherpodcast at gmail.com. We want to know what you think about the topics we cover. And before we get to our rewinds, we have a really exciting announcement to make. This is something that we've been working on and talking about for a while. Yes, two weeks from today. Mark your calendars on April 20th. Instead of our normal episode, we're going to release a special kind of episode we're calling the bedtime after party. (laughs) So for the most part, if you've been listening a while, I'm sure you kind of have realized this. But for the most part, we try to keep all of our episodes family friendly because we know that a lot of people listen to them in front of their kids. If you're a stay at home mom or even if you're not a stay at home mom, you might not really get that free hour without your kids around to listen to a podcast. So our bedtime after party episodes are going to be full of content that might not be appropriate for kids or their conversations that you should have with your kids without us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They will be topical and we'll release a topic of this first one during next week's episode. We're really excited. Yes. I cannot wait. So yay. Sarah, do you have any rewinds? Yeah, I had a recurring dream this last week. (gasps) One of my like class ones, but it worsened. It got worse. It was (laughs) Yeah. So normally it's like I I forget I have some sort of important class I need in college to graduate or something. And then I end up failing it because I just don't go because I I forget about it for some reason. And in this one, I have a class that I go to, but the teacher is an old manager of mine who, I mean, she was really bad. She was awful. She was really mean. (laughs) Oh, no. She just was not a good boss to have. And she was my teacher. And so she just didn't like me. So it didn't matter how great my anything I did was. <laughs> it, it didn't matter. Like it was not good enough. Like she was going to fail me. Um, oh. And so, yeah, it was a terrible dream. That's so and strange. That's... So the only this is not even a rewind. It's just a it, this wasn't worthy of being a topic. Yeah. Um, and I've been saving this all day to tell you. So. <gasps> oh. A what is it? Local, a local, because we are recording, it's April Fool's Day, because oh, we yeah. record ahead of time, of course. So, a local yoga studio 
that I used to go to every so often and that your mom, at least she used to go to. Yeah. They scheduled this event today as an April Fool's joke that was um, naked yoga. <laughs> and so like it was so it was really fun. And nothing in the post at all says it's April Fool's. So technically it could be a real event, but I th- I'm pretty sure. It's not. Right. And your mom, I was so proud. She caught me soft guard. She commented on it. Hopefully it's a hot yoga session. <laughs> My mom did. Go yeah, mom. mom she's man, she's a... quick sometimes. She's real yeah. quick. It, she, and she get, gets quicker and quicker <laughs> as she ages. Like it's she's like a fine wine when it comes to wit. <laughs> It. I took a screenshot because I was like laughing out loud. It was just so funny. So that's hilarious. Yeah. So go Pam. Go. Yeah. Go Pam. <laughs> I'm proud. Aww, I, yeah, I am too. It's my mom. So she. I was just. Yeah. I was thought it was gonna be a run in with her because you guys run into each other oh, there sometimes. But yeah, because uh, she so just started often. going back now that she's vaccinated. Okay. And stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's so awesome. <laughs> All right. Do you want to read our awesome? We had a really incredible email this week. Do you want to read it, Sarah? I do. Okay. This email is from the wonderful Megan. We love her so much. So I'm just going to read a part of it. Yes, we do. um, That she shared with us about her super mom powers because they're so good. Um, We talked about super mom powers a few episodes ago. We talked about things like being able to smell a diaper and know what color the poop's (laughs) going to be. Uh, And... um, Things like Um, that, but hers is perfect. It's so good. She said, okay, knowing the type of poop is awesome, like Natalie said. Um, She (laughs) said, Megan says she totally doesn't have that superpower, but she wishes she did. um, So she could hand off her daughter to her husband for the bad ones. (laughs) And that is such a brilliant idea, Natalie. I hope that you're taking notes. Um, And then she said, for me, I can see in the dark better now than ever before. Changing a diaper in the dark and taking a kid pee in the middle of the night I'm your woman because I'll be gosh darned if I wake up my kid up more, more by turning on the light. I also now have this spidey sense for my girls when they are about to lose it because they are either hungry or tired. The trick is to fix the situation before we reach the point of no return. My husband, on the other hand, doesn't seem to have this and will keep playing with them. We're working on this one with him. But I love that. That is so true. If I have to be pretty in tuned to like know, oh, we're on the upscale. Is it hunger? Is it like I have to be actively asking my that. So to have the spidey sense to just be like hunger. Let's feed it. (laughs) Let's feed this. The the scene in the dark thing is totally one that I had absolutely forgotten about, Megan. You're totally right. Just like being able to get in and out of bedrooms without turning lights on. Mm -hmm. And bedroom messes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So I just thought that was perfect. That was really so, good. Yay. yay. Thank you, Megan. All right. You ready? Yeah. For my yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. All right. Yes. <laughs> my yes this week is um, something that Nick and I have had on our to-do list forever. And we finally took care of it this week. And that is getting um, life insurance for both yeah. of us. So I just you. want to talk about you this. You are so adult. Well, I feel like that's like the pinnacle, like you've reached it. <laughs> Life it kind insurance. Of, that's the thing. I want to talk about it because I'll, I just want to like talk through our, just kind of what the experience was like for us. But then also um, 
I want to almost like as encouragement for anyone that's listening. When when I put things like this on my to-do list, sometimes it's really hard for me to accomplish them because I have no idea where to start and I have yes. no idea what it's going to entail. So that's kind of why I just want to talk through it a little bit so that hopefully if this is something you've been thinking about for a while... Um, maybe you can understand it better or whatever. I had this to on like my to-do list leap. for years and I kind of started yes. it and then I just was like, I don't know. I don't understand. Like insurance is complicated. Yeah. And Nick is the primary moneymaker in our house. I do mm-hmm. work, but it's part time and it's not much it's not worth much it's it's worth my joy <laughs> <That's about laughs> yeah <it>. totally <laughs> but um and so f- for a while now I, I've had like it will it's something it's one of those things that will wake me up at 3 a.m and then keep me awake thinking about if something happens oh. to him we will lose everything like the kids and I would have to move in oh with my, my mom or you know like I I do not know what we would do and so I've been We've been talking about it for a while just because, like, we need security if something were to happen for him. And this really came to life because Nick lost his dad last October and his grandma died earlier that year. So he had a lot of, like, personal family deaths last year. And just with being – it was the first time that we had ever had to, like, help plan a funeral and – even that kind of stuff, you know, I Mm -hmm. realized this is something we have got to take care of. Yes. And so um, I am so thankful. We have some really, really amazing friends. And one of them, he runs an insurance business. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Their family and our family were very tight. And we haven't really seen them in a year because of COVID, like with everything else. His wife is a really good friend and mentor of mine. And she works at a hospital. So she's had both of her doses of the vaccine. I'm immune for another month or two because I had it. And um, Nick has had one of his shots, you know, so it was just like, all right, we're going to get together so that we can do kind of like a business thing, but also have dinner together at our house. So it was amazing. We just appreciate him so much because it's a friend who we can trust, who would not ever. You know what I mean? Like, um, but one of the things. Well, there's such tricky language in insurance. It's a whole different language. Like when I call, I remember calling people and I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. I mean, (laughs) and I don't I consider myself someone who could, you know, figure it out typically. But yeah, Mm -hmm. it's tough. It's so it's so complicated. Okay, so one of the things that he does for they do for their sons and he gave us a quote for was something called whole life insurance for the kids. It's weird. It's really morbid thinking about buying life insurance for your children because of the ideas that it kind of insinuates, right? Uh Uh-huh. Of course. Yeah. This, the whole life insurance that he quoted us for, we pay a monthly fee for each of the kids for 10 years and it's worth a certain amount and that stays with them for the rest of their life. So we pay for 10 years and it stays with them forever. And then once they hit 18, they can take money out of it. So like Charlie, you know, Ava's eight. So hers will only collect for 10 years before she can withdraw money. So it's not a ton, but Charlie is only two. So his is going to grow almost like a savings account for 16 years. And it's going to help them out if they need it. Yes. So they can take that out and then it just gets deducted from what like their life insurance would actually be. So if, if we had a policy for $25,000 and they take out $10,000 for college or a wedding or to start a business or whatever, they'd still get $15,000 
like their family would one day. That's really nice. I just thought that I didn't know anything about this. I didn't know it. I didn't know that existed. <laughs> I had to tell you, the, the process was funny. We were all sitting at the table together and we were kind of looking at how much do we want for Nick? And, and because it's such a morbid conversation, because I have a broken soul, I just... <laughs> I have to laugh like well I just like can't help myself so when I was like well I kind of want you know I think I'd be more comfortable with this number and Nick and our friend Aaron was like yeah you know because then you can you pay off the house with it you put some into the kids and I was like well it has to pay for my second wedding obviously (laughs) (laughs) and of course Nick doesn't think I'm funny uh, you've really planned this out, Natalie. You are morbid. No, just... <laughs> I know I'm a horrible person, but um, no, and I was hilarious. joking, of course. But it was oh. just, you know. So for the life insurance, I looked up some statistics on life insurance just because um, I feel like it's so important for a lot of us. Not just like if something happened to Nick, I want to be able to pay for like the funeral expenses and those kinds of things on top of mourning if we didn't have life insurance you know like what would we do on top of losing the house and everything else that we own so um there was this website it's called policygenius.com and they updated this article in january of this year january of 2021 and they took information from like 15 of the most major life insurance carriers in the U.S., Ooh, so like State Farm and all of those, yeah. and they said that fifty-four percent of adults have life insurance, which is honestly that's more than I expected. I'm not sure why, but it is. Um, but forty percent of po- people wish they had purchased their policies at a younger age because it's cheaper when you're younger. You know, if you get it set up when you're older, it gets a lot more expensive. Yeah. Um, and. And then most financial, I loved this, most financial advisors recommend your life insurance should be 10 to 15 times your annual salary. So for... That's a a nice note. I love having a round. This Mm -hmm. is the number, whatever else is going on, look for that, you know? Yeah. Okay. So anyways, um, so I like hard numbers like that. And then um, they took averages for what it would cost from all of those companies. So here's just two that I'm going to give you. Um, Remember, it gets a little more expensive as you get over, especially when you hit like 60. I saw the numbers. But um, the thing is, if you start it at 30, one of the important reasons to get life insurance when you're younger is because so Nick and I both have life insurance now. If in a year he gets cancer, that life insurance is still valid. If um, if we waited and he got cancer, you can't get life insurance once you are diagnosed with something significant like that. Even things like diabetes, it makes it really difficult. My, uh, I have high blood pressure, so we were worried that that was going to affect it, you know. So you want to do it earlier because then it ensures that you will be insurable, kind of. Yeah. Anyway, so. That makes sense. These are the averages. A 35-year-old male, non-smoker. A $500,000 policy, half a million dollars. You pay $29.09 a month for 20 years. That's which I bad. like 30 bucks. That's amazing. Yeah. So a, a 35 year old female for the same amount or $500,000 um, for 20 years is $24 and 48 cents. So that's $55 if you're both 35 
and a married couple or whatever, that's $55 a month for if you, you know, if something horrible happens. Um, I just think that's worth it. I know that, I mean, but in our life before Nick's job, we probably wouldn't have been able to afford to do both of us, but we would have made it but a you priority. Could have at least if done we... one, yeah, or maybe p- potentially. So for us, our life insurance is from the same person that does our home and car insurance. So if you're out there and you're thinking this is something I want to look into, just call your insurance person and ask if they have life insurance and they'll take care of it. They um we do have to have a kind of checkup. They're sending a nurse to the house to draw blood so a and friend all that of mine stuff. Said, yeah, they draw blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Nick has a ter- a horrendous fear of needles. Like um when oh, we no. a- when we adopted Henry, we had to get blood work done. It was just part of the adoption. And we had to go to the hospital and they had to put a fall risk bracelet on him and then move him from like the chair that you sit in. They had to lay him down in a bed because he turned so white. Aww. So <laughs> so I made the mistake of telling him last night that like, you know, they're going to schedule a thing to come to the house and draw blood. With and needles <laughs> in the, he, the comfort of your home. Yeah. He immediately like wrapped himself in blankets on the couch. It's <laughs> like freaking out, and I don't make any matter. I don't make matters worse. And I was, and I told him, you know, Aaron says it's always the same lady. She's this really wonderful eighty-year-old nurse, and he was like eighty. I was like, imagine how steady her hand must be and her eyesight. So, I bet it's super clear. Yeah, uh, I'm super supportive, <laughs> and we're not ageist either. Yeah, no, no, nope. Anyways, I just, I I am like quite literally sleeping better at night, just knowing that this is one less thing I have to worry about. So um, that's amazing because we need to get on that too. And maybe just you bringing this up is like, okay, just call the insurance guy. (laughs) That's my, that's my yes. It's, it it felt very businesslike, but it was really important for me and Nick to do for our kids. And I know that a lot of people our age, we're just like not, always used to it's doing so, it's such an easy thing to put things. off and you nailed yes. it on the head when you said it's something that you don't know where to start and there are a lot of things mm-hmm. like that for me as I since I've had kids I've gotten better at this because there's just so much you don't know you just dive in and beforehand yeah. I was I, I would always be pre- very 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 prepared mm-hmm. so that I could expect mm-hmm. anything that might come my way mm-hmm. um so like going to a bank window drive through was always so nerve wracking for me. I was like, what really? if I don't put the tube in the suction thing right? Or what if I were <laughs> like drive throughs or self checkout? I stole lines? one of those tubes on accident once <laughs> to bring it back. <laughs> that pre pre baby Sarah, that would have terrified me. Like, what do I do with this tube? I'll never return it. I'll just keep it. I can't go in there with this tube. I stole it on it was like one of either junior or senior prom. It was like that day. Because, you know, you take all the stuff out and I just set it down next to me with my purse and I drove away. And I realized it when I got home. So we had a dinner with all of the people and I like presented it like a trophy. I was like, look what I accidentally <laughs> took home today. And my mom was like, you have to take that back. <laughs> so, I bet it happens anyways. all the time. I bet. It totally has to. All right. What's your yes? So my yes is... Um, understanding the root causes underlying difficult kid behavior. Mm. So this came about is because I've found that it helps me a lot uh, when I understand the why beneath meltdowns or other behaviors. Um, it's like way easier to keep my cool than for me 
to come in like when I rationalize Evie's behavior from mm-hmm. adult perspective if if I can relate to her from her viewpoint um and the way she understands the world it just helps me tremendously if not just to keep my cool I might not be able to fix it yeah no but for the patients yeah absolutely for the patients, for patients. yes mm-hmm. that's exactly what I'm trying to get at um like I remember one moment in particular that kind of helped me realize how important it was to think about things from her perspective. When I was playing peekaboo with Evie when she was just a little baby, I suddenly had this realization because when I, you know, I hid my face and then I would show it again. And then when I came Mm -hmm. back, it was like she had a moment of relief, you know, because kids at that age, I think it's called object permanence where they don't realize you're still behind them. And that's why they think peekaboo is so funny, but it's also kind of, I think it's partially terrifying for them. (laughs) Where'd mommy go? Oh, phew, she's back. And so I looked up uh, a few reasons about why common behaviors in kids are happening, like the psychological Mm -hmm. reasons behind them. So I did this one because I remember you talking about one of your kids was having issues with lying. And I thought it was really Mm -hmm. interesting to think about the underneath reasons because you have to remember kids don't understand the world at all. And they also, they're, they're, the blur between pretend and reality is really fuzzy until this article said till they're like seven or eight. This is from um, an article called brighthorizons.com. And it says, so children are concrete thinkers. That's how they describe it. There are many gray areas on the spectrum of lying, including white lies to avoid hurting someone's feelings, etc. Mm-hmm. And, and then, of course, there are the caught with your hand in the cookie jar, but still trying to blame it on your brother type of lies that are obvious. But most lies are less so. Some lies are simply accepted, even encouraged. Uh, such as inviting the imaginary friend to dinner. So that's like Mm. technically a lie. um, And some lies get a big reaction. So it makes it really hard to learn what's okay and what's not okay when it comes to lying. Um, So children receive mixed messages, the article says, beyond the fact that children are just learning, they're just learning social norms, um, which are incredibly complicated. Uh, The world often models bending the truth a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. like when you get a gift, the example here is like, oh, I could never have too many socks. Oh, Thank you. But I mean, you don't really yeah. care about socks. That's such a good point. So it's it. Yeah. It just made me think about how much more nuanced lying is than I think about it now, because I think I've turned it into this very narrow, specific type of lying is the one that's really bad. But to kids, yeah. they're all um, together. They don't know why this is not so bad and this is really terrible and one of our kids definitely struggles with like the idea of lying by omission you know so if Mm. they see something they want to say it no matter who it's to or if it's rude or not you know it just makes me think way differently than the way i've come to understand it Um, which is good because that gives you patience and more and if you can understand it then you can start to learn how to work with your kids because every kid is different too well that's Exactly what I was just going to say is that, like, if I can understand the underlying reason for why something is happening with their behavior or whatever is, you know, whatever is going on, then I feel like I have a base to start with, whether it's with discipline or even just like the conversation about how to make them understand what's right and wrong or what's okay and what's not okay. If we don't understand the base or like what's actually happening in their heads or why they're making those decisions, 
then I feel like it's all for naught. You know, I can. It would be like a for kid me can... doing a really complicated math equation and then someone saying that's wrong and then not teaching me how to fix it, but expecting yes. me to do it correctly the next time. Yeah. So like if someone lies to us, we have a punishment, but that punishment isn't worth anything if they don't understand. Yeah. Like if there's no connection there. And so well, that's why I think um, so many um, like parenting therapist, psychologists and parenting coaches, mm-hmm. I guess, say um, that's why they equate discipline with teaching. Yes. Because, and if you, yeah. and that is another way that I have started to view how I interact with mm-hmm. Debbie's, you know, to say misbehavior, I guess, um, is yeah. I have to take a step back and like she just doesn't know these things automatically, things yeah. that I take so for granted. Yeah. And, and lying is, I just, I don't think I've ever really sat down and thought about how unbelievably complicated it is. It and is so it makes sense for a kid. Yeah. Yeah. There are still some lies that are just like things like if something is broken and I say, did you break this? And like lying They're just about trying that. to get out of trouble. Yeah. Yes. Because those are the lies that are issues in our house. Not the, we. One of the kids, I don't want to ever call them out by name, but like one of our kids yeah. tells like some real wild stories. If you ask <laughs> what happened at recess, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, and obviously half of that didn't happen, but that's whatever, you know, this I don't, is imagination. That it's kind me. of fun. Yeah. It's things like catching them doing something they weren't supposed to be doing and then lying about it. And yes. obviously the reason there is because to avoid punishment, you know, that's why they're yes. lying. And well, so there is an interesting yeah. perspective on that from Dr. Becky on home at home. Okay. And I mean, agree or disagree. It's an interesting way of looking at that type of lie that I thought you'd find interesting mm-hmm. too. What she was saying, a lot of the reasons, so they, they're lying because they're afraid of how you're going to react and so one mm-hmm. way you can work with that kind of lie is to speak to that feeling like, I know it can be scary that you're afraid you're going to be in trouble because you did make a mistake, but it's important that you come to mommy with these things so that I can help you and we can learn from them. And maybe, yeah. I don't know if Dr. Becky says that, but maybe not. they don't even get in trouble, but I don't know. I don't know. I mean, oh, we, they should probably we, get in trouble for lying like that. We believe in discipline. We're not. Yeah, I like mean, consequences. I don't think we're yeah. harsh. Yeah, consequences. Exactly. Yeah. So when we have a, uh, there was this last winter, we had a lot of lying about screen time use. They'd like mm. sneak into the playroom and be on their screens when they were not supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and so for those, we, you know, because the bigger issue was that. Not only did they break a rule, but then when we, I'd stand right in front of them and say, were you on your computer? And they'd say no. And I'd mm-hmm. say, this this is your last chance to tell me the truth. Were you on your computer? And they'd say, no, I wasn't. And then I yes. open their computer and you can search their history, you know. So that <laughs> yeah. was the biggest thing. Because for my kids, our, our number one rule as a family has to be honesty, even when it's scary. Yeah. And even yes, especially even when, when it's scary. scary. It's such and a hard so thing we, to teach, but it's so true. Well, that's when these moments happen, that's what we talk about. And every night, mm. anytime there's a consequence, it's, you know, yes, something bad happened. You did something wrong, but your consequences would not have been as bad if you had just told us the truth. Yes. The and you have to know that lying is always going to have a worse yes. consequence the, than. Yeah. The consequence is because of the lie more so than anything else. No, that's good. Because it's so complicated. And I haven't gotten to that stage so yet. Like, Evie's still young enough. She's told a few lies, which is actually apparently a stage in development. So fun. Hey. Go, go Evie. But she, I have this really cute video. She has marker all over her yeah. face. 
<laughs> and then she's drawing, and I'm like, and Ben's like, Evie, were you marking on your face? And she's like, no. And then it's all over her face. He's like, you know, you're not supposed to use markers on your face. And she goes, I not. <laughs> and it's yeah, just covering offensive. her face. <laughs> and it was the best. Uh, this article continues like children don't understand reality is fixed. Um, children like they believe can actually believe in wishful thinking like they think. They think wishful thinking really works. So hmm. they believe in superheroes, unicorns, and their ability and their ability to change facts. So like Evie may not have known she was lying. She may have really believed. Uh. Well, she seemed pretty defensive. <laughs> I think she knew <laughs> she had it all over her face. <laughs> oh, and it's also another way for testing boundaries. Seeing what they can oh. get away with, what they can do, which is a huge yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. Yeah, that's my yes. All right. Yeah. So my no, I just want to talk about going to the doctor, not only as an adult, but also as a parent. I just went to the doctor yesterday. So, oh, that's so funny. I had a bunch of doctor's appointments in the last few weeks. and <laughs> But the problem, this is what frustrates me so much. And I this is mostly from the perspective of a stay-at-home mom. I, I work one day a week. I go into the office. So, um, but like when you're staying home constantly with kids... It's so hard to get to the doctor because your options are, does my husband or does your partner come home early from work or take a day mm. off of work? Do you take your kid to your doctor appointment, which is horrible and sometimes not an op option? I had an OBGYN appointment. Like, I can't take my two-year-old to that appointment, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it's just so hard to do. And I, but I really... I've taken babies to OBGYN and you have to like hold them on yeah. your chest while everything's going on. And mm -hmm. it is miserable. Like yeah. it, doctor's visits like that are not enjoyable anyway. And then they have a fussy baby with you. It shouldn't even be an option. I feel like, cause it's just, I don't know. It, it makes me upset because yeah. doc, going to a doctor sometimes is already difficult and painful or whatever else. And like, I don't, I, I need to be, I need to be a hundred percent focused on my own health in that moment and not on keeping, making sure my kid isn't grabbing instruments from the wall or yes. like whatever else, you know, going to their doctor's appointments is difficult enough and much less that bringing mm -hmm. them to mine. And so thankfully, because I work on, well, I'm, I work Tuesdays, but I've just started scheduling all of my appointments for Tuesdays because I already have a sitter for Charlie. So oh, um, that's then it's just like, which means that for the last three Tuesdays, I've had a doctor's appointment and I, which means I've gotten half of a day of work in, but like, what are my options? You know, I just, and I feel like this is one of those things that unless you're a mom, you, you kind of forget that this is a problem for some people or unless mm -hmm. you're a parent that has to do this, you forget it's a problem, yeah. you know? So yeah, a lot of people I think just maybe they, they forget that this is an issue for parents. And so I really appreciate that the people I work with, they understand, you know? And so, but like, if I worked with someone who didn't understand why I had to keep leaving work early on Tuesdays, that would be a big problem that would be an issue it and would so, be a huge issue um, yeah so th my, this is my, I don't really have a ton to add to that I just want to like give a nod of encouragement and um samesies to all of the other parents out there who are trying to figure out how to get to the doctor that's it's one of the reasons yeah. that I put off all of these doctor's appointments for so long because it's so hard to get to one and especially a COVID just com compounds it 
because you don't yeah. have too many options for who can watch your kids or who is safe to, you know. Yes, exactly. And for a while, you couldn't bring anyone with you. And though I'm sure that they would have made an exception if I had to bring my two-year-old with me, you know, it's just why double our exposure at that point and like yeah. double our risk. So, And when I take the kids out anywhere now, I'm so paranoid about them touching everything. And so I'm just oh, even yeah. double it's inevitable. anxious. And it, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. They're so gross. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. they're in a doctor's so, office where people are sick, so it's just even worse. Exactly. It's one of the self-care things that is not self like it yes. is self-care. Yeah. I mean, it actually really is. It's, like you're it's literally taking care so, of yourself. Like, it's literally yeah. <laughs> but it's not the kind of mental health self-care that that uh, we should yeah. be striving for. It's the this is the necessity, and it's it should be acceptable and understand understood by employers of uh, spouses, yes. etc. It, it's kind of like we talked about self-care last week. It's it's a boundary. This is a boundary that you set for mm-hmm. yourself. I'm going to go to the doctors alone. I So whether that's a spouse sacrificing two hours of a work day to make sure that they're with your kids or whatever else, you know, mm-hmm. you, you need to prioritize it. It's yeah. not self-care, but it is an important boundary to set. And so absolutely. Um, yeah, I just... Uh, you know, it's just one of those things that, that it's the reason I have not been to a general doctor in years. So I just wanted to complain about that for a little bit because it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. But complain away. It does suck. And it feels it like one suck, of those yeah. things that just feels kind of unfair, but you have to find a way around. Yeah. And All right. So what's your no this week? Uh, my no is one that has plagued me from the moment I became a mother. Like the, <laughs> the overstimulation that comes with parenthood the noise for oh. me it's the noise and if when yes. i was breastfeeding is the feeling way touched out especially from cluster feeding and it's just it's tough for me to cope with some days uh and so i just wanted to touch about talk about that and what i realized while preparing for this episode was that it's a boundary violation and that's what Ooh. really bothers me and i what I realized today was I need to work on setting boundaries around my noise level and like body hmm. with my kids. Yeah. Because not only like do you set boundaries with adults, I need to, and it's harder to set with kids, but firmly set boundaries. Um, and another thing is like, well, one way that my boundaries are, I guess it's the the boundary violation that results in overstimulation that comes with parenthood. Mm. Let's refine mm-hmm. that. But like, um, you know, when Evie's crawling over me and I say, please stop, please stop. And then I, and she doesn't and doesn't and doesn't because she's a kid. Like the other day, she just kept drop kicking me on the couch, which was awful. <laughs> just like, I'm just yeah, that's sitting 100% there. a boundary thing. And then I just get up and go to the other chair. And then she comes over to the other chair and starts climbing on me, you know, and it's... Mm-mm. So just I need to start talking to her more about that before it happens, probably. So she understands because like we were also talking about, she probably just doesn't get that other pe- people's personal space. And um, another way that I'm over- totally overstimulated is just attending to everyone's food needs before my own. But I'm normally oh. attending to their food needs in order to stave off the noise that will happen if I don't get their food needs done. And then that's it, a great point. And the cat too. The cat is a part of this because every morning he's mewing at me for his food. Because of course, I mean he's hungry. <laughs> like none of this is anyone else's fault. <laughs> People need to eat, and I have to feed them. So, um, but mornings are tough. I was, uh, and 
yeah. So like preventing that noise. And then I'm so hungry and grumpy that maybe it would have been better if I ate and then dealt with the noise. I don't know what, what it's worked. Mm-hmm. So to me, I mean, I haven't really looked anything up about this, but what has worked for me in helping avoid the overwhelm that comes from the overstimulation is um, to just like take care of myself. And it's, I think, setting boundaries. And um, oh, that's kind of yeah. what I realized, like with my kids. And I'm going to work on that because uh, well, I, I need it like... because I need more space. <laughs> i think it's setting boundaries but it's also like adding value to yourself you know things like i am hungry so i'm gonna eat or you can't drop kick me because it hurts me (laughs) you know and i matter my feelings matter and my stomach needs nutrition and yes things like that like value mommy can come first sometimes too you know yes well, yeah. <laughs> or just like you can come equal sometimes, yes. you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and that kind of ties um, into what your hello is this week because you're going to talk about snacks. And yeah. I had to start a snack time because before I could make my own breakfast, Evie was asking for a snack after breakfast, you know? Just no, to... <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. So I looked it up and there's something, it's called the sensory processing disorder. And, Ooh. um, So it can be related to a lot of different things like ADHD, anxiety problems, um, behavioral (laughs) disorders. And it's also like most people on the autism spectrum have a sensory processing disorder. But they say that um, some of the symptoms are things like um, it's like sensory um, reactions. So you can't like dislikes of textures with fabrics Mm. or food. Which is, I'm going to be honest, that's a big deal for me. I have a big texture issue with food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And with fabrics. I can't wear certain fabrics or um, even like the kids. If it's made of something, I can't even fold it. I There's like something there wow. I just can't mm-hmm. do. Or, like you know, those on cards. With clo- the mm-hmm. material. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, the cards or whatever pictures where you like move them and it's like a. Yeah, like a hologram. You move them yeah. and it, yeah, the picture changes. I can't stand that feeling oh, um, of those. I can we see had that. cups that were made Oof. from that and I had to throw them away because I couldn't wash them because I couldn't. Ugh, it's making me, it's literally making me tense. Interesting. Well, I think Evie's kind of like that too. She doesn't like tags in her clothes and she's, you know, she gets a little overwhelmed. Yeah, so I think that the sensory processing disorder is because I I remember for a while I've seen some things on TikToks about it from other moms saying like, I struggle being a parent because of this because things like repetitive noises and repetitive um, noises. I can't handle it if my kids for some reason love to chant like phrases and I I it. It makes, I can't handle it. I don't know why, but I just, I honestly can't. So um, I think that's a great, I love. Yeah, repetitive, loud noises. Yeah, Yeah. it's just, it's just tough. It's just like the constant. Yeah. And I always forget, like for me, sensitive, I always think of feelings, but I forget how, Mm -hmm. how many other senses we have. Yeah. Um, And it's a lot to do with touch and auditory and visual. And um, like for, for Ben, it's, it's like uh, clutter. You know, he gets really overwhelmed mm-hmm. with clutter. Um, and I do, too, to an extent, but not not like he does. But for me, it's noise. And it's well, that's funny is like touch is kind of my love language. I love to cuddle. I love hugs. Yeah. But if there's a person that I'm not like, I, I don't know, it's hard for me to realize I 
have an issue or maybe someone I'm not as fond of someone mm-hmm. as I and then they touch me and if I cringe I'm like oh mm. I have an issue mm. with you apparently because like, I'm not really in tune with that sometimes because I'm trying to be nice I think you know or that they should or they shouldn't be touching me maybe they're just that's not the kind yeah. of relationship all right well you <laughs> you kind of mentioned my hello which is perfect yeah. so yeah um I'm going to talk about snack time and uh, this is coming uh, up because we had a <laughs> giant conversation about mm. this today with the third member of the lumpy mother and our um <laughs> our producer which is it's like an undeserved title kind of but um nora so we had a big conversation about this with nora today yes hi nora and, um, I, li- I just have hi, to say nora. hi to her every time <laughs> yeah <laughs> we love um, you so and we much. talked about snack time yes and Ugh. um i i just have to tell you the only reason that my kids can tell time is because <laughs> we have a very structured schedule because that's that's how i i need structure and so mm-hmm. our snack time is 10 30 and 3 30 and <laughs> they can tell time because i'm telling you when they're home they come downstairs at 1030 on the dot. They are not even a minute late. I am. Sus- wow. I, I think that sometimes they set an alarm on the Alexas in their rooms and in the playroom. Man, these kids because are on they're it. just like they are. We had to set a schedule like that because like we like. I was talking to Sarah and Nora about earlier today. Otherwise, your kids might be asking a thousand times a day for snacks. And that's just, I don't do well. Nope. I I can't handle that kind of thing. There has been days previous where I felt all I did was get up and get snacks. No, no. So this is, this is, um, I, I didn't, I just realized that, wait, maybe this is actually good advice when we were talking earlier. So, um, if you're also struggling with snack time in your house, this is what I suggest. We have a, like I said, we have a very structured snack time, 1030 and then, um, 330 in the afternoon. And the biggest part for me before was that like, I didn't want to have to put together the snack. And sometimes if I'm in the middle of I work from home, or you know, whatever else I'm cleaning, or sometimes I'm just laying on the couch, I don't want to have to get up and prepare a snack for everyone. So I'll take I'll post a picture this week. But um, we have a snack bin. It's just this bright yellow bin from Hobby Lobby that we keep in our pantry. And we fill it with snacks, applesauce packets, granola bars, crackers, gummy bears, whatever else, raisins. Um, We fill it up and then they just get to pick something all on their own. And so it doesn't. Yeah. It's Brilliant. no work for me. It's zero work for me. Um, and I have to tell you, because we have, I did the math earlier. So we have four <laughs> kids that eat a snack twice a day. That's eight snacks a day times seven. That's 56, right? <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. Right? Yes. Eight times seven. Yeah. I'm doing, I'm, I'm double checking. We we're I'm not, not leaving it. Yeah. To chance this yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. 56. Yeah. So that's 56 snacks a week just for the kids. Mine. Plus you have to add in however many snacks I ate that day. And then if Nick is home, I mean, that's, that's probably right there. 80 snacks a day. If you go wow. six of us at that And point. what are they like? So, at least a dollar something a piece. That's like well, $80 that's a, a day just in snacks or even meals. Or a week. Yeah. Yeah, 80, 80 oh, snacks a week. A yeah. week. Um, so Kroger 
which is our favorite grocery store, every like other week or every three weeks, they do these snack sales where it's like the buy five, get $5 off. So my cart on those days is purely just like crackers, granola bars, yes, all of our favorite so things. Smart. And, and it's like Christmas morning when I come home and I refill the yellow snack bin, the kids kind of like <laughs> stand there and watch me unbag all of the boxes. And then Nick and I see their options. Yes. <laughs> and then we spend like 15 minutes on on doing all dumping them all in there. I mean, it's a whole it's a big thing. I have a feeling that, you know, when you ha like you have special memories as a kid that are related to an object. I think that this specific yellow bin <laughs> will be that for my children because I that's how much it. they love snack time. But I also realized after we spent so much time at home for e-learning, it got to the point where I realized that I was on their same snack schedule. And so I would be at a meeting at work at 1030 and all of a sudden I would get really hungry. <laughs> and I realized oh, your body had time. been conditioned to expect yes. your snacks. Maybe yes. you conditioned your children even better. <laughs> if you're consistent enough, you yeah. can condition your and child's so, stomach. To, exactly. So yeah. it just makes me laugh. We're all dependent on snack time at my house. But yeah, I just I, I know that that can be one of the most difficult uh, things. It's, like, it's frustrating because you can't sit down and do anything for a second mm -mm. before there's another snack request. If, if you don't implement a structure like that, because I did it fairly recently in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And we're we still working on it, it and I haven't been as consistent as I should be, but. Um, it has gotten mm -hmm. better. At least Evie's eating more of her meals and not just trying to snack all day. And yeah. I've, since, well, what I do is like we have like 10 is a snack time and then before quiet time, like one. So mm -hmm. it's um, it's like I, I make her an assortment and then she can eat that. And then whatever's on mm -hmm. that plate, if it's gone or whatever, she has that until her next meal. She has what's on her plate from our meal until the next snack time. And so that, yeah. and then I don't have to get up. I only get up for those things and I give her an assortment and I always know that she likes at least a couple things on there and, mm -hmm. and that's it. And then I'm like, that's it. It's this or nothing. Like we talked about <laughs> with choices, this or nothing, this or nothing. So no, that is so good well, because it's one of those yeah. things that seem like such a small thing, but on the daily basis, they are the most tedious and, and they can make it your makes, life so much yeah. better if, if you can figure out how to improve how to make it more efficient like a snack time mm -hmm. ben's really good at finding like doing things finding the efficiency like i'll just do yeah. <laughs> like if i'm trying to reach for something around a uh a ca oh, an open cabinet like i won't close the cabinet and then move around <laughs> i'll like keep reaching no matter how difficult it is i will i will not change my approach in any matter you know ben will find all these different approaches and find the most efficient way to, to reach whatever is just out of reach, you know, uh -huh. and, then, and then he'll fix it for next time. So it's it's nice oh, to have someone so who thinks funny. that way because I, I do not. So, um. <laughs> All right. What's your hello this week? All right. <laughs> I'm going for this. Are you guys ready to hear my I'm so weird ready. things? This is my hello is the weird things I do now that I'm a parent. And there's many of them. <laughs> so I, I'm so excited for this. I love uh, this. And I. I'm just, I'm Me hyped too. up for this. Yeah. <laughs> so I kind of mentioned this in our opening, like, section. Um, I 
if Evie likes to tuck in her dolls and babies and stuffed animals all over the house. So you'll just walk into a room mm-hmm. and there's like a bunch of dolls and little blankets. It's adorable. Or like five doll, <laughs> five beanie babies and like one little blanket. And sometimes she'll uh-huh. do it into our bed, you know. And so at night if they're there, I take her little babies and I like cuddle with them at night and sleep with her <laughs> little babies. Because they remind me of her. And I'm like, oh, it's Evie, you know. Uh, so that's one weird thing. Um, there's many more. So I also I have a really weird, distinct voice that I use, um, and I pretend to be my son, ten month old son Franklin, to help Evie bond with him um, all the time. So I say things like, "Okay, here's my um, Franklin voice. I'm so sorry. It's not a bit." <laughs> nice, nice, sweet type, sissy. So you're basically doing like. I'm doing this voice all the time. Like, I'm pretending to be Franklin. And Evie will request it. She'll be like, so you're... Um, will you pretend, Will you be Frankie again? You know? And I'll be like, night, night, sweet time, sissy. I'm going to give you free kisses. Okay. I love you. You're the best big sissy ever. <laughs> so <laughs> you're, like you're, you're the Kristoff and um, <gasps> Franklin is Sven. Is yes! basically what's happening here. You're just like giving him a yes, voice. I'm giving him a voice. <laughs> and we do this with our cats too. Norman, our cat's voice is more like, he's just kind of like a little cynical guy. He's always like, gosh, guy, you always forget to feed me. <laughs> Man, nobody loves me here. I just want to sleep and eat. Can't even do that right. Gosh. <laughs> All right, pet my head. Thanks. Um, so that's Norman's. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, other things I say is like, Oh, goodness, Sissy, I am so sorry. I didn't mean to hurt you. I just love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> or like, Oh, boy, I just love playing with you. <laughs> I'm so lucky to have you, big Sissy. <laughs> and it works. <laughs> Yeah. Like she like feels more bonded. Yeah. She loves when Franklin helps her like um at nap or, or bedtime if he's still awake. Uh-huh. Um and I use that voice and she's like, Franklin gonna help? So... You know, Franklin gonna help put me to sleep. So, so um, funny. So another thing I do that's kind of similar is like um because Effie kind of feels I think you know that toddlers have like you've mentioned uh, toddlers have that mm. very deep sense of justice. Very black and white sense, like everything must be totally fair. And so it's very Mm -hmm. difficult when you have a little baby and an almost three year old um, when Mm -hmm. the baby like like it's just the like Franklin's going to pull your hair or like scratch you maybe or something. And he just he's not going to learn if you tell him. But I pretend like he understands like he's Evie and I explain things as if Evie were doing it. But to Franklin. So I like reprimand Franklin for things. (laughs) So Evie feels like it's fair. (laughs) So I'll be like. Um, poor Franklin. I'd be like, yeah, no, I know. Poor Franklin. I'd be like, Franklin, no, no, it's not okay to hit. You can be angry. You can't hit. You can't uh-huh. hurt your sister. No, no, no. Hey, Franklin, <laughs> Evie was playing with that toy. It's not nice to take toys away when someone's playing them, you know? Um, and then I feel like Evie thinks it's more fair i don't know if that one works because she just you're such you're just a much like more well-rounded mother than i am because (laughs) our our kids are like really into what's fair and my response literally 90 percent of the time is just like well life isn't fair and i'm really sorry about that the problem is i hate that phrase because it was used all the time when i was young Mm -hmm. and so i mean it's not wrong i mean it's true life is not fair yeah but my, um, for me, it always Honestly, like it triggered me so much that I wouldn't listen to anything my parent, so, my dad would is the one who would say it all the time. Um, 
and like he he was he wasn't wrong but i just made me like just made me so angry so for me and it's i was like but like, we can too... work for it to be more fair that's what i came up with as a teenager <laughs> yeah. so finally i get to express well, my it's like for me i just i'm too exhausted to explain why one of the kids gets two snacks at school with their teacher and the other kid only gets one right like, i'm not gonna listen exhausting. to you complain about that and they don't even I, understand I, so... either like yeah. until a certain point because like evie doesn't understand that franklin is too little and yeah. different. Maybe I, I saw, should start explaining yeah, that at more. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. Well, um, there was. I read a thing once that said, you know, your kids really want things to be fair, and you you should tell them, you know, life is not fair, but it's always important that you make sure everyone around you has enough. Do you have enough? Did you have oh. enough snacks today? That's what's important. It's not being fair, which is something that is huge uh, for us. Yes, we, equity, every, not equality. Yes. So another one weird thing I do is like. Um, and I think this is common because it's really funny. Like, I know lots of other people that do this, but use words like tummy and potty in everyday mm-hmm. conversations with adults. Like, mm, my tummy is <laughs> <Yep>. hungry, <laughs> like talking to, you know, like a coworker or whatever. Even when your kids or, aren't around. <laughs> yeah. When my kids are around, like, like with friends, I'm like, oh, I got to go potty. I'll be right back. And then, and then it, it slips out and I'm like, oh, that sounds so stupid. <laughs> oh. And then, like, explain things I never thought I'd have to explain. And it's just, like, there's just so much. Like, they know nothing, these children. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're not born understanding things that Basic. I just never thought I even learned. You know, someone had to yeah. teach me these things. I had no idea. Um, yep. But, like, I need <laughs> privacy when I go to the potty. Like, people like to do that alone. Or why we <laughs> use toilet paper. Or why you don't need 10 cups <laughs> of soap to wash your hands effectively. Or why you can't put shampoo on your breakfast. Or why you can't play with knives. Or why you can't throw things at mama while she cooks dinner. Or why mama doesn't like being drop kicked while sitting on the couch. Or why you can't touch your poop and then smear it all over yourself like she did last week. Or, oh. you know, you get the idea. Uh, <laughs> so, And then, like, it kind of goes on deaf ears at this point. But I mean, she does, she's like certain things she's very, like she has a peanut allergy and she's very good. Like, but I think she doesn't think anyone's supposed to eat peanuts. So we got to work on that. But, but she's mostly like, no, I never eat peanuts. Right, mama? And I'm like, no, never, you know, Um, which is, I'm so glad if anything soaks in, I'm glad it's that one. Uh, Yeah. But another thing I just realized is like pick my kids noses or earwax and not only do i not feel grossed out by it but it's actually pretty satisfying like i enjoy digging out all that baby earwax and be like yeah good amount or like getting that really stiff booger that's just sitting in his nostril and i it doesn't bother me like i could never pick ben's nose but franklin's i'm just like get that out of here oh big one (laughs) And then you feel like you've won a prize, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very, like, I love picking his ears. It's so gross. The but ears, I mean, it's not 100%. gross to me. It's like something about your Harris, kids just are not, like, gross, you know? Like, yeah. for me. Well, I mean, Charlie they are, I mean, their poop and like, vomit is obviously gross. But. A layer of earwax crust behind his ear. Oh, so about yeah. So once a week, I, like, go back there and it kind of comes it off smells. in a sheet almost. But I'm <gasps> yes. just like, oh, it's so sad. It's very, like, pimple poppery, you know? Oh, I like, love to pop pimples. That's probably part yes. of it. Um, and then uh, a couple more. Uh, I sing a son of silly songs. Like, we make up songs all like, boy, Roy, Roy, he's a boy, Roy, Roy, he's a boy, Roy, Roy, by like jiggling, Franklin's fat or something. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then I just generally sing way more than I ever thought I would as just a human 
being like i am not a yep. good i have i have a terrible voice and i don't particularly like singing but i'm always singing songs like it helps evie yep. calm down a little bit like doing certain songs mm-hmm. or like i have a hair washing song a teeth brushing song and then lullabies for franklin Aww. so that's my hello are there any what weird cute. things do you do do you, um, do you, think you know, of I think a few of them you touched on. The only one that I, I really thought of is that um, when I'm like in public with Charlie, who he's two now, but I've done with the, all the kids when they were younger. I will like if we're at the grocery store, I'll have conversations with him like he's Nick. And so we'll be walking around and I'll be like, do you think that we should get the what kind of salsa do we need for dinner tonight? And I'll just like keep and I have full oh. conversations with him without any responses. It's just That's like adorable. me talking to him about about our groceries That's and he, good. You can now do he's that. too so yeah i think it's good for their language but i it I makes think me so feel too. not it's really so good. alone <laughs> yeah oh yeah that too <laughs> oh there was so. one time pre-covid when evie was a baby and i was talking to her in the stroller and a woman thought i was talking to her and then she she looked around and oh. she just thought i was talking to myself well, and i'm so like I well i'm this... kind of am but i'm kind of not <laughs> like it's evie it's my baby but I had to pick up all of this stuff for work um, for Easter and we needed all these big boxes that I tucked in on both sides of the cart. And then Charlie was sitting, Charlie was sitting in the seat. And so you couldn't see him. So when I got to the (laughs) checkout aisle, I was still talking to him about things. And when I like pushed the cart far enough up, the lady was like, oh, I thought you were talking to yourself back there. She's probably (laughs) really having a full conversation with just yourself. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly so what happened to me. Yeah. So that's all I have. That's that my was hello good. today. So it was a great episode. That, well, that was wonderful. So um, as we wrap up today's episode, we just want to remind everybody out there that we always want to hear from you. You can email us at lumpymotherpodcast at gmail.com. And tell us um, what, what weird things do you do now that you're a parent? How do you cope or do you have issues with constant noise or even textures Um, or Mm. just fill us in with a yes or no from your week? What went well? What was a big win? Or maybe like if you had a really hilarious, horrible fair, we always want to hear those. um, And maybe we'll read them during our next episode. Yes. And if you like what you heard today, there are a few important things you can do to help others find us um, that also just mean the world to us and can help us Mm -hmm. um, keep making this podcast because we love it so much. We're so uh, happy and feel so fortunate to be able to bring this to you every week. Um, Make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts, rate and review us and share us with someone else you think might enjoy our show. That's probably the number one thing is word of mouth for podcasts. It makes the biggest difference. So if you're enjoying us, you know, let someone else know that you are and maybe they'll enjoy us too. And we'll all be friends. (laughs) And don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We're at Lumpy Mother Podcast. And then we're also on Twitter. Sarah does an amazing job with our Twitter. It's at Lumpy Mother Pod One. It's the number one. And make sure to join us next week. Every Tuesday, we're here to see what motherhood has in store for our lives and yours. Bye.